Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to speak with a woman whose diverse background has set her up to be a sought-after speaker and consultant. She calls herself Cheap Stripe Changer, and we're going to hear her compelling story soon, but first we're going to hear from Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide, or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Kat Breet, Chief Stripe Changer, and her mission is to help people get more freedom, fun, and money out of work. Kat, it is awesome having you on the show. Welcome to Poise for Exit. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here, Julie. I'm excited to have you, too. I, there's a lot that we can be talking about today. Um, there's so many things I have on my mind that I want to ask you. But before we get into those burning questions, I would like to just have you share a little bit about your background and how you got into the position that you're in right now as a consultant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, grew up on a 35-acre farm, slinging horse manure as a kid. Grew up on horseback, <laughs> loved it. <laughs> nice. I traveled a lot out of college and uh, landed in Minnesota working at a global consulting firm and recruiting. Mm. And the thing I loved about it is putting people in their dream job and helping them get more freedom and money and fun out of work. Wow. Um, the thing I didn't like is that for every one person I did that for, I had to say no to hundreds. Mm. And I just, I've got a fire in my belly for helping every single person find work that fills their heart, their soul, and their bank account. Fantastic. Wow. And so that's what you do full-time, right? Does, what what does a, a typical client look like for you right now? Yeah. So um, with the business, we, we've kind of got three arms. I'm a speaker, so I absolutely love taking my hard-won lessons and yes. turning them into actionable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Giving people the tools and, and insights they need. So speaking, we've got online courses uh, and oh. group coaching, which is really fun. And then consulting, going into organizations and helping them think about how to attract and retain top talent. Mm-hmm. So the group coaching, uh, What when we talk about group coaching, is it kind of like a peer advisory or are you actually running a, 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 a coaching program for your attendees? 
Yeah, I run a coaching program, so uh-huh. I've got a framework and I've got uh, exercises and Super. discussions and things. But my favorite thing is that peer advisory piece. So mm-hmm. that's why I love the group coaching is that community mm-hmm. and the peer advisory piece right. to me is where the magic is. So who's the typical member? Like what, give me maybe a little bit of a demographic uh, description. Yeah, you know, typically high achievers. So people who are always looking to get to that next level in their career, Mm -hmm. who also want more freedom and flexibility. So about half of the work that we do is with people who have started their own business and they're looking to, to do that successfully. And the other half is often sales teams, financial advisors. We, we do a lot of work in the financial services industry, helping wealth managers, um, boost their success. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we also go into organizations, (laughs) you know, typical particular for that is an organization does an employee engagement survey and realizes, oh my gosh, our people aren't happy or their turnover is high. And we go in and really light a fire in employees to help them figure out what do they want next and how to go get it. Hopefully inside the company. That's, that's, we do that really well. Definitely. Well, I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to workforce and it comes to employers wanting to retain their best and brightest, anything that they can do to provide uh, greater job satisfaction and get into the minds of, of what these people are really wanting and needing um, with outside help like you makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it does. It's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I bet it is fun. You know, it's got to be fun. I mean, it can't just be about like a J-O-B, right? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. I think, yeah. you know, any of us over the age of probably 26 or 7 have realized yeah. if it's just a J-O-B, man, you yeah. should just get back in bed. Um, right. <laughs> There's so much more to life than the grind. But I, there I, is. I, I don't know. I don't know that there's that many people out there anymore that are that are feeling that way. But I remember years ago when I was, you know, a, a young entrepreneur, it seemed like I had a lot of friends who were still stuck in a, you know, quote unquote grind. And, you know, thinking outside the box and thinking of what could be possible for them wasn't part of their DNA. They just thought that they were doing what they were supposed to do to earn a living, you know, live a life and die. And no, there's so much more to life than that, right? And I imagine that a lot of the work you guys do, you really help people see that. Well, yes. And here's why. Gone are the days of the 30-year career. I mean, that worked for some of our parents. The promise of if you give it all up for a company, they'll take care of you and you can ride off into the sunset with a gold watch. Mm -hmm. Those days are gone. And so what happens is when people sit there doing the daily grind believing that story, then they wake up with a rude awakening. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're not behind the wheel of their own career, chasing their own dreams, then one day they wake up and they get an email from HR, come into the conference room, you know, and bam, their job's over. They have two weeks notice Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. and they have no plan B. So I am on a mission to help people stand up before that happens. I think that's so that. Yeah. And you said a lot of the people that are in your groups and your group coaching um, sessions are business owners, which is awesome because I think that a lot of business owners can tend to back themselves into a corner too and have that same stuck feeling, maybe even more so because, you know, let's face it, you own a business, I own a business, I have uh, for many years and so have you and we'll get into that in a second. Um, but we, you know, the buck stops with us, right. Um, and our leadership team. So 
liability, responsibility, um, making payroll, all of those kinds of things are are really you know those weights that we carry around as business owners. So it isn't. So sometimes that can make us feel more stuck than if we're if we're just in a career and we're not really sure what path to take. Absolutely. And that can be suffocating sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, if you let it. Yeah, definitely. Well, when we're talking about the, the group coaching um, sessions that you hold, when you when you have people that are in your group that are expressing those kinds of frustrations and obstacles, how do you coach them out of that? Like, like what, what kind of things do you say or recommend? You know, one of my favorite authors and speakers is Simon Sinek and his books mm. start with why. Me too. I love Just, him. He's awesome. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's the first thing I do with people. I say, mm. you know, why are you doing this? No matter mm. wherever they are, whether they're, you know, a, a VP inside a company mm. or uh, starting their own business, you've got to get crystal clear mm. on what you want your life to look like. So when I, t- when I help people, I call it find your fire, mm. you know, what fires you up? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be doing every single day? Who do you want to be working with? Mm-hmm. What do you, you know, at the end of your life, when you look back, what does success look like for you? Mm-hmm. So step one is to get really clear on on what burns that fire in your belly, where your desires are, because without that, it's really tough to get out of bed, especially when things are out of your control happen, like a stock market crash or a global pandemic. Correct. Um, I always come back to my why. So that's mm-hmm. step one. Mm-hmm. Then step two is to just start to get clear on what success looks like. And then the third thing is, okay, what do you need to do on a daily basis to bring that to life? Well, and so for you being an, an entrepreneur for so many years, I'm sure that you practice what you preach. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so happy and fulfilled and making such a difference in the lives of other people. So let's talk about your tenure as a business owner. I would love to. It's mm-hmm. been a, it's been a ride, that's for sure. <laughs> Always, but fun, right? Yes. Fun, interesting. You know, you. I think when you and I talked last, you had shared with me that you're in business with your husband and speaking from personal experience over many years, that isn't the case for me anymore, but it was for a long time. And that is not easy. How do you guys make it work? Yeah, it is not easy. Um, you know, I kind of laugh at when we first started the business together, I was just so excited because we had worked together for six years previously at a global consulting firm. So the good news is we'd ridden the bike together. We had experience. Mm -hmm. We knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, What makes me laugh is that I thought it would be a walk in the park, but (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned it earlier when you have your own business and the buck stops with you, all of a sudden you can't blame, um, you know, anything on anybody. There's nobody else to blame when the money isn't coming in, when a client is unhappy, when, you know, you miss your targets. And, and so that was the the first challenge is there's nobody else to blame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, you can't blame each other because mm-hmm. that is not productive. And right. that would have been the easy thing to do. So we, we've had to be from day one, very mindful, very clear about the respect that we have for each other. Um, that's been very important from day one. And then, you know, number three, another challenge is because we're in the business together, that means one income for the family. Right. Um, you know, when the stock market crashed and we lost 
all of our booked revenue overnight. Mm. We lost bo- both both incomes. So unlike a lot of people with two paychecks coming mm. in, um, it's all there in the business. So so there's mm. that. Finding the line between private and uh, and work. Right. You know, we we eat together, live together. We're raising children together. We're taking care of elderly parents together. And it's funny. I had a lot more challenge than my husband with this. Mm. He can talk about work in the kitchen, in the bedroom. It doesn't matter. For me, I absolutely have a line drawn in the sand. <laughs> we do not talk about work, you know, in the bedroom especially, but um, so I've got rules. <laughs> I it, it took me yeah. it took me a couple years to figure out what happened, but um, I need I need a container around where and and when we talk about work and when I shut off that switch and focus on family. That is a really murky uh, boundary too. Uh, just speaking from my own experience, and and let's face it, you know this as well as I do that when you are a mom and a wife and a business owner, you're changing hats all the time, but you don't really put the cat hat on very often, do you? No, no. That's mm-hmm. another thing I had to learn. I know. You really do. I was so, yeah. oh, so all in, especially when I was taking care of my two elderly parents and babies and diapers in the beginning. Wow. It yeah. was, I just had no time for me. Mm-hmm. Totally burned myself out. I bet. Crashed one morning on a curb in my neighborhood sobbing. Some mm-hmm. neighbor that I didn't know found me. Wow. So I, I kind of hit rock bottom. And that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, I've got to find some space for me. I've got to refill my tank mm-hmm. um, outside of all this stuff. You really do. And I think that um, the scary part for a lot of us who are managing all of these different things is knowing exactly how to do that. Like, how do I, you know, the old adage of I, I need to find myself. I mean, I don't know where that ever came from, but it's been around many years when, especially when two people break up, it seems, you know, I had somebody had to go find themselves. Okay, well, I didn't know they were lost, but, you know, wherever you go, <laughs> there you are, right? <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And and so, but it really it is a real thing. I remember going through it myself. So you know, for you to have to go through all of that, sometimes that's what it takes for a business owner too, regardless of male or female. Sometimes we lose ourselves, and we need to find ourselves, figure out who we are, what's our identity. Especially, you know, like in the work I do with exit planning, a lot of owners their identity is wrapped up in the business, and who are they without it, right? And so having that discussion with yourself and figuring out you know, what's next can be really taxing. It's really tough to even know how to have that conversation. So I imagine that you have that conversation with some of your clients. And what does that look like, Kat? You know, what's so interesting, um, I'm old enough to have been through this a couple of times. And Mm -hmm. um, what I've learned about finding yourself is, number one, who you are and who you want to be today is different than it was three years, five years, 10 years ago. So when I first started my business 16, Mm -hmm. coming up on 16 years ago, I was a mom with small babies and dying parents and the demands and who I wanted to be in my life at that point 
is very different than where I want to be now. It's, you know, my parents have been laid to rest. My kids are almost out of the house. So my mm. world and my life is very different. Now I have a cabin on a lake. And so right. what I want today is different than what it used to be. And it's different than what it will be. So understanding that, because a lot of people are like, oh, I found myself when I was 33. I'm done. Well, haha, no, you're not. So that was piece one. <laughs> it's a journey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and piece two is... Yes, you need to talk to other people. You need to shop your ideas around. Right. You you know, it's fabulous. I've worked with some incredible coaches. I've read great books. But at the end of the day, it's the conversation with yourself that really matters. And you have to be careful when you're looking for yourself mm-hmm. not to lean on what other people think you should be because right. they're not going to get it right. They're not living in your skin and they can give you ideas. But at the end of the day, you've got to look yourself in the mirror and figure out who do you want to be. Self-awareness is everything. But I think that it really takes a long time to acquire self-awareness because like you said, it shifts and changes. And we as people evolve and change and grow. And we're definitely not the same person today as we were a year ago or five years ago or especially 10 years ago. So I think, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think that we live in a world where people just want to arrive yesterday you know, everything is, is microwaved and um, instant gratification, and it doesn't work that way. We have to be, we have to be okay with um, not arriving, but just being on a journey. You know, there is no arrival, really, right? You know, we can, right. we can, be, we can be better and better, um, but we don't ever, you can't, I don't think you can really self-actualize. That's just my opinion, because we're imperfect human beings, and, uh, but we can be on a journey, and we can be better today than we were before. And the more, and the better we are, right, the the more clarity we have, like you were talking about, in terms of what's next, being able to make those really clear decisions. Do you help people make decisions? Like, do you get them through a process in making decisions? I imagine you do. Yes, I do. I've got a couple of exercises that I actually built for myself because I was so, I, you know, I, I love the romance of starting your own business, but the truth of the matter is I started my own business out of desperation because I was, again, Mm -hmm. you know, mom with two babies, dying mother, dad had a massive stroke, nanny quit. And it just, you know, world collapsing. Mm -hmm. I was in a crisis and I, I picked up a couple of books. I talked to a few people I trusted and nobody was giving me the answers. Mm -hmm. So I built a couple of tools for myself that changed my life. Um, the can number one, one is the priority. Yeah. yeah, I'd yeah. love to. I'll uh, send it off. You can share it with your Oh, listeners. for sure. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. But maybe just give us the gist, you know, uh, wh- yeah. what is it like? What does it do? Yeah, so the, the most important one is called the priority scorecard. Okay. And it is, it's basically a one pager. And you make a list of the 10 things that are most important in your life right now in order of importance. Mm. And then you evaluate your options against those. So what it does, oh, and by the way, the one that's most important, like my family right now, time for my family, time to take my parents to their doctor's appointments. Mm. If that was number one on your list, that would be worth a value of 10. Mm. And then down at the bottom of the list Um, I love travel and I wanted that to be part of my job. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was lowest on my list. It only got a point of one. Then when you're evaluating your options, should I stay in this full-time job? Should I start my own business? You evaluate them against those priorities and you get a a numerical score. So what it does is it gets you, it pushes you to be clear about what's most important. And then when you're staring at the score, for your current situation versus your options, you are able to remove your emotion 
and look objectively about why am I so unhappy? Mm. Why am I so excited about starting my business? It just gives you some clarity in a way that staring at your resume and talking to other people just can't do. Exactly. So if we were going to um, offer this then to the listeners, should they email you and ask you for a copy of that? Or what would you prefer, Kat? Um, you know, I, I can send it to you. You can drop it in the show notes um, if they want. I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. They can drop me an email at catbreet mm-hmm. at arbez.com. At C-A-T-Breet at arbez.com. Okay. I'd be happy to, to chat and send that to them. Perfect. I will make sure and put that in the show notes and refer to your tool because I think that we could all use a little bit of that for sure. Um, boy, I'm going to ask you one more question because we've reached that time. Because we have been in, you know, this chaos over the last two years, there has been some clarity that's come out of that for a lot of people, myself included. But still, we're talking a little bit more about what we're afraid of these days, right? And and so um, it sounds like you've really broken through a lot of fear. Talk to me a little bit about that. My first 24 years, I spent blaming my setbacks mm. and challenges on growing up in an alcoholic home. And that was a really easy thing to blame it all on. And then... Sure. <laughs> when I was 24, I got this job at a global consulting firm working as a recruiter, and I was about to get fired because mm. cold calling and the rejection and feeling like an idiot every day was crippling me. I was afraid of failing, disapproval. And so anyway, I, ha- I had a crisis. I actually I got caught hiding from an executive VP. It was <laughs> the most Oh, it was the most humiliating, shocking experience of my career, but it forced me to stop running from my fears, stare them in the face and figure out what on, what was happening to me? Who's this chick and what had she done with me? So that experience, I, I wanted to quit and run away, but instead I decided to stand up really get face to face with my fear and figure out how to push through it. And it changed my life. Mm. I tripled my income. I, you know, succeeded in a career I love. And every time I'm up against a wall and I feel cornered, I go through that exercise again. What am I really afraid of right now? What's the worst that can happen? Um, What's the best that can happen? And then my why? Mm. All right. So why do I want to go through the pain of pushing through this and, and continue to risk? Well, and most of this, the things that we really are afraid of in life never happen. The things that we anticipate might happen never do. So, um, right. you know, it's great that we, you know, have to continually have these conversations with ourselves, I think, as we stretch and as we take risks and things like that. Um, so to switch gears real quick here before we wrap up, I just wanted to mention to our listeners, you've got a LinkedIn show that I was a guest on recently. And, yes. and you have that show on, uh, it's a live stream, right? On LinkedIn every couple weeks. Yes. Yep. And um, every Thursday morning. Every Thursday yeah. morning. And I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. And I understand that you have a new book coming out this summer. I do. Holy and crow. What what's that all about? about? What? Fear. <laughs> I am talking about. How timely is I that? I believe. Yeah. I believe. And I'm interviewing a bunch of people and writing my book to see if, I, if I'm telling the truth. I believe the single most important thing you can do to succeed in life is to name and reframe your fears. And that's what my book is about. It's about my mm. own journey and my experience working with thousands of other people on how to name and reframe their fear. Yeah. 
Wonderful. And we can find out more about that on your website, right? Catbreet.com. I'll have that in the show notes as well. Uh, yes. Get on we your waiting list. Yes, that uh, would be wonderful. Fantastic. Well, uh, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate having you on the show, Kat. Um, very enlightening, insightful, um, super good topic, too. I think that it's really good for all of us to be talking about this. And for our listeners, you will be able to find this as well as all other episodes on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do share this episode with your colleagues and your business owner friends. We really appreciate it. And please join us again next time.